Well, welcome again to Pathway, Wesleyan Church. Um, it's so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. There we go. Now I can see you. All right. <laughs> uh, you look great. Um, I know the, the weather hasn't been too kind to us these last um, couple of weekends, so I know um, there's probably some that have uh, chosen to watch us online today because of the weather maybe and uh, sickness has hit uh, many families as well. So uh, welcome those of you that have joined us online today as well. And uh, we um, are just so thankful that you have uh, that you are either here with us alive or online. It, if you could do us a favor too, and maybe Don mentioned this, um, uh, if you are online with us, uh, just type out a little message to us. Say good morning, say uh, uh, hello, whatever you want, uh, so that we know that you're watching with us. And uh, we'd love to be able to know uh, who our online audience is as well. So uh, we praise the Lord that we have that opportunity to reach out in that way. I want to uh, say thank you. I meant to do this last Sunday and I uh, failed to, but uh, I just want to say thank you from Terry and myself uh, to you as a church family for the way that you blessed us and, and gifted us with a, a, a very nice uh, gift for Christmas and uh, through the, um, the donations that you gave us. So thank you so much, uh, church family, for, for that. Uh, you helped us to have a a uh, wonderful Christmas with our family and uh, made a, a, a difference for us to be able to do that in a, in a better way. So thank you so much for that gift and that love gift that you gave to us on Christmas Eve. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we just um, appreciate each one of you and thank you for all the ways that you give uh, to us, to Pathway, to the Lord, to your community. Um, around you, and um, you, you just do such a great job of reaching out uh, each and every week, and so we thank you for that um, uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for your prayers as well. As Don mentioned on Wednesday night, and I know through the week as well, many of you have told us you are praying for Terry and I um, as your um, pastor and wife here at Pathway, and um, we just are so thankful for those prayers. Uh, we we know that God is using those to, to strengthen us, to help us hear from God, to help us to, um, uh, to just go forward each and every day uh, in His grace and in His love. So thank you uh, from, from us uh, to you. Well, last Sunday we had a great celebration time, didn't we? Uh, we're continuing in that celebration this week as well, but uh, just a wonderful time of um, uh, baptizing for, uh, for three children and one adult um, here, and just a, a great time. It was great to have uh, uh, Josh, your brother, here to be able to baptize um, his uh, uh, niece and nephews, uh, niece and nephew. Uh, yep, and so uh, hopefully he made it back okay if he's already gone uh, back home. And I know um, uh, that was a special time for your family. And a special time for our church family as well. And so last f- Sunday we, we also talked about um, uh, just the, the blessings of God and celebrating uh, what God has done for us in the past year, getting ready to celebrate what He's going to be doing this year. 
Uh, I know not everything was, uh, was all roses last year, and I know everything wasn't the greatest for all of us, but there were some things, and there were some times that we can look back and say, yes, God was with me during those times. God was there. He, he never let me down, and we celebrate those times. We looked, um, we um, had that word look at what God is doing right now, and we celebrated and looked at um, those baptisms and how God was, was um, doing some great things and is doing some great things with us as a church. And we're getting ready for what God is going to continue to do at Pathway and in our communities around Pathway and all over the world. Seeing God at work, it's amazing what He's going to do. This is a new year, we all know that. But even though it's a new year, we still serve the same God. He is still the same. In Hebrews, the writer said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He is still the same. I was uh, going out of our driveway this week, and I was trying to think of, you know, what, what could I name this next series uh, of these messages that are going through my mind and these things about uh, who God is and, and uh, God being the same. And I looked over as I'm uh, going out of the driveway and, and over on our church sign, it said something to the effect of uh, this may be a year uh, or this year may bring some changes to you, but God is still the same. God is still the same God. And I just thought, that's it. I love that. Um, thank you. Um, thank you, Annette, for um, putting that up there because that just um, uh, helped me to, uh, to come up with this, um, this new series on, on uh, this is a new year, but the same God. A new year, the same God. The same God that loved you last year is still the same God that is going to love you this year. Amen? The same God that cared about you last year still cares about you this year. The same God that heard your cry last year is still the same God that will hear your cry this year if you go through times that you need to just have a listening ear. God is listening to you. The same God that provided for you last year is still the same God that's going to provide for you this year. God is my provider. God is our provider. Amen? God is the provider. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. God, the provider. The provider. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. We're going to be looking at this passage of Scripture, Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. Turn to chapter 22. And this is a, a chapter in the Bible that is just a, a, a chapter that I, I read uh, every now and then and it comes to my mind because it's a, it's a challenging chapter, but it's a chapter that gives us hope today. But it, it was a time in Abraham's life that uh, he was um, uh, 
over a hundred years old because we know the Bible tells us that Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. So, so he was a hundred and some years old at this time in his life. So Abraham had experienced a lot of things in life. He had experienced um, uh, some grief. He had experienced some, uh, some hard times, some tough times. He would already experienced God providing for him in ways um, uh, that were some great ways. In fact, uh, Abraham experienced um, provision of God by blessing him with two sons. One uh, son was born before Isaac, and his name was Ishmael. So Ishmael was born to um, Abraham and Sarah. But then God also provided another son uh, through uh, Sarah by the name of Isaac. And that's where uh, now we, we get into Genesis chapter 22. And there's a lot of other history there that um, I could go into, but for the sake of time, I won't. But we see that in this passage that Abraham here in verse 1, it says that sometime later, so sometime later after Isaac had been born, Isaac was a, a child at this time, uh, maybe a teenager even. Uh, we don't know the exact timing of this uh, in Isaac's life. But it says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham. How many of you have ever been through a test before in your life? Okay, probably every hand should be raised <laughs> here. Um, you've been through tests in school. You've been through tests in life before. But God tested Abraham. It says um, in verse 1 there, He said to him, God said to him, Abraham. And Abraham replied, Here I am. And then God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. And then Abraham says, Are you serious, God? No, that's not what it says in my translation. Um, some of you are looking at me. Uh, no, I, that's probably what I would have said. <laughs> um, but it says in verse 3, it just says, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and he saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. We will worship then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and he placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. Now we don't know exactly what that means by the fire, but maybe he had a piece of flint or something that would be used to start the fire. But he had the fire and the knife that he was carrying. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here. Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. 
When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possessions of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Because you have obeyed me. When I was in high school, I had a social studies teacher. I can't remember her name right now, but I can remember a couple things that she did in that class. I can still have a a vivid picture of it in my mind. And the very first day of the class, uh, this lady stood up in our social studies class and she started to go over the rules in her class. And she was going over them one by one. And I remember she got down to uh, one rule that she said, uh, she said, now I talk very loud. And we could tell that because she was talking pretty loud through this. But she said, when I get very soft, you will know that I'm not happy. And so whenever she would talk very soft in the class, we knew we were in trouble. The other thing that I really remember about that first lecture that she gave us and the the first things that she told us about is she she did this. At the end of, of her rules, she said these words to us. Now take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Put everything else away you're going to have a pop quiz. We're like, seriously, right now? (laughs) On the first day of class? And she gave us a pop quiz. And she said, from time to time, I'm going to give you a pop quiz. And about every week, once a week, we never knew when it was going to be. Uh, It could be a Monday, it could be a Wednesday, Thursday, whenever. She would say just kind of randomly, okay, put everything away. Get out a piece of paper and a pencil and everything else put away. This is a pop quiz. <laughs> We're like, oh no, no, not a test, not a quiz. And we'd have to go through that torture of her asking us questions with nothing in front of us but our paper and pencil, and she would test us. None of us, I don't think, here today like to be tested, <laughs> especially going through life tests. The hard life tests. 
in Genesis chapter 22, like I said, it starts out right away by telling us that God tested Abraham. Abraham had a lot of times, like I said, for God to, to help him learn lessons in life. Now, he w- this wasn't the first test that he had to go through in life, but this was, this was the biggest test. If you read these uh, chapters uh, beforehand in Genesis, this was, uh, this was the big one. This was the big, this was like the final exam almost that sometimes you have to go through in a class. This was a big test that Abraham had to face. God had called him earlier in his life to actually leave his family, to leave his country, uh, to leave his father's household. In Genesis chapter 12, we read about that. But this was even bigger than that. This son that Abraham and Sarah had prayed about, had, had wanted for so long. This son that God had even said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless nations and there's going to be a nation upon nation that will come from your generation, from you, Abraham. So Abraham's probably thinking, God, really, I, I don't understand this. You're asking me to, uh, to sacrifice my son, but you said from my son, there would be generations to come. This is hard for, for us to understand, but more, I mean, it had to be so hard for Abraham to understand this. But Abraham had already been learning how to walk by faith. So why did God decide to test Abraham in this way? Why did he decide to test him in this way? First of all, we need to remember that God does not tempt us. God does not tempt us. He does not try to get us to sin. He doesn't tempt us in a way, but God does lead us through times of testing. He allows us to go through times of testing. Why? Because it's for our benefit. For our benefit, first of all, to increase our faith. It doesn't seem like it at the time at all when we go through times of testing. We think this is torture. This is hard. I I don't know if I'm going to make it through this time. How am I going to persevere under this trial? But when when we come out on the other side of that testing, our faith will be stronger. We will know God better. We will be in a place that we weren't in before. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. For some reason, and when we're going through that testing, a lot of times we don't know those reasons, but, but God knows better than we do. God knows that we, we have a, a place in our life that we need to get to. We have a place in our walk in faith that we haven't reached quite yet. And it's in that time of testing that James says, consider that joy, pure joy. Because if you're going through trials, you're going through a testing, then it's going to develop perseverance in your life. And perseverance will develop Maturity in greater faith. 
So not only, though, that will it be for our benefit that we go through testing, it's for other people's benefit, for others' benefit. Abraham was born around uh, 2166 B.C., so roughly uh, 2100 years before Jesus was born. For, this was roughly about 4,000 years ago, Abraham was born. So his faith, his obedience, what we can read in Genesis about him is something that we have the benefit of what, how Abraham lived his life. It is for our benefit as well. It wasn't just for Abraham. It was for us. It was for Isaac. It was for Isaac's um, sons and daughters. It was for their sons and daughters. It, for the generations to come for their benefit. It is still relevant today. This story of Abraham is still as relevant today as it was then for our benefit. The Apostle Paul wrote about Abraham in Romans. He also wrote about it in Galatians. Dr. Luke wrote about him, Abraham, in the, in the book of Acts. The author of Hebrews wrote about Abraham in at least four different chapters in Hebrews. Abraham, in the way that he responded to God's testing, in the way that he that he persevered in the times of testing was for not only his benefit, but for ours as well. You've heard me speak at least once or twice already about the time leading up to us moving here. And I, you know, I, I felt as if the, the few months before coming here, it was a time of testing uh, for me. I don't know how Terry put up with me some days uh, because it, it, I just sat around sometimes and I, I just uh, felt sorry for myself. I felt like, you know, is this ever going to end? Is it, you know, how, can, how am I going to persevere through this? I, you know, my, I feel like my identity is, is being stripped away. I feel like, you know, I, I don't have a job anymore. I don't, uh, after doing ministry full time for so long and now I... I can choose where I want to go to church, but when we go to, to church, it just doesn't feel the same because I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm not, I'm not up front anymore and just everything was so different. It just felt like I was being tested in some way. Well, I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you because now that I, I'm on the other side of that, I can tell you that if you're going through a time of testing in your life right now, don't give up. Don't give up. Press on. Persevere. Because God will provide for you. God will provide for you during this time in ways that you may never dream about. In ways that you may not ever imagine. God provided for us in ways during that time that, that I, I never thought would happen. Uh, I had people that, um, that I talked to on the phone, that they would encourage me in ways, and, it, and that would get me going for the next few days again. There were times that I would be in God's Word, and He would speak to me in ways that I wasn't expecting, and it would help me to persevere in those times. Uh, 
I don't know how God is going to provide for you if you're going through a time of testing right now, but He will. He will provide. He promises to do that for you through that trying time in your life. Testing. It's not easy. But we all go through times of testing sometimes. The testing may feel to you like, like it's just a time that, that our enemy pounds on you to get you to sin, to, get, to tempt you to do certain things that, that God does not want you to do. And 1 Corinthians 10.13 10, 1 Corinthians 10.13, I encourage you to memorize this verse if you haven't memorized it yet. It says this, No temptation, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And in the Greek word for that word temptation there, uh, it, it, that word also can mean trial. No trial has seized you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He's faithful. He will not let you be tempted or tried beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted or tried, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. He'll provide a way out. I love how the Amplified Version says this verse. It says it like this, No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience, nor is it any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. So in other words, we can't say, well, I'm being tested or I'm being uh, tempted or tried in a way that, you know, this is probably nobody else in the world has ever gone through this. If there's 7, 8 billion people on this earth right now, and I don't know how many people lived before us, Somebody has gone through it. <laughs> the Bible says that all sin was placed upon Jesus on the cross. He knows what we have faced. Even though he did not sin himself, he knows what we go through. The verse continues in the Amplified Bible, but God is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he has in the past and is now and is now and will always provide the way out as well. So that you will be able to endure it without yielding. And you will overcome temptation with joy. In our times of trials, in our times of testing, God will provide for us the strength. He'll provide for us the endurance, the patience, or whatever else it is that we may go through in life. Whatever it is that we need to get through those battles, He'll provide. He'll provide. No matter how long our time of testing may last, God's timing, though, is perfect. God's timing is perfect. The testing time for Abraham lasted three days for this particular big test in his life. Three days. 
for us, we might think, well, three days isn't that long. But you have to realize for those three days, Abraham was going, was walking 50 to 60 miles, it says, from where they were living to the area of of Moriah where God told him to go. 50 or 60 miles walking in the wilderness. And it wasn't like walking down um, uh, Portland Road. It's just a straight uh, path down the road. Uh, It was crooked. It was uh, probably narrow places. It wasn't um, an easy path to go down, commentators tell us. So those 50 to 60 miles were hard. It was 50, 60 miles. Abraham, I'm sure, had many thoughts going through his mind at that time. But Abraham just got up that morning. Just got up and he left with his son Isaac and two of his servants. And they went. Abraham obeyed. He persevered. He kept walking. He kept trusting God. And we've read the story, so you know what happens here. But as they're walking, you know, Isaac, he, he finally asks his dad as they get close to Moriah. He says, Dad, you know, I, I see that we have you know, the wood. I see it, Dad, you've got the, the fire with us. But where is the lamb? How are we going to do this sacrifice, Dad? I mean, I've seen this happening before. He must have had some knowledge of it at least. He says, there's not a lamb. You know, what's happening here, Dad? And Abraham's just trying to assure his son, it's going to be okay, son. And I I underlined, this is my Bible that I just mark up all over the place, and I underline, but I've never underlined these words before. And in verse 8, I underlined this this week as I was studying this passage. In verse 8, how Abraham answered his son. He said, God himself will provide the lamb. God himself will provide the lamb. What faith Abraham had in God. What faith he had Abraham was all about obeying God. I'm sure he didn't understand exactly what was going to happen, but he had a faith in God that he knew God was going to provide the lamb at just the right time, at just the right place. We already know the story. At just the right time, the angel of the Lord called out just as Abraham, he already had tied up his son he, he was ready to slay his son on the altar there because in his heart he had surrendered his son up to, up to God. He said, God, I'm willing to give him up to you. And he was just about ready to do that when the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't slay your son. Don't lay a hand on the boy. I'm going to provide the lamb for you at just the right time. Dylan Burroughs is credited to have say, said, God is never late. He's rarely early. He is always exactly 
right on time. His time. Stan Toller, who was a Nazarene pastor, and also later in his life when he was living, he was a Nazarene superintendent. He wrote, when, we're, when we are waiting on God to answer prayer, our timing and his timing are rarely the same. Why is that? <laughs> Just wrote in my notes, why is that? Why can't our timing and God's timing be the same? It's all about faith, isn't it? First and foremost, God knows what's best. He knows what's best. He knows what we need before we even think about it, before we even speak about it. He knows many times what we need before we, before we do. He knows what is going to grow our faith stronger in Him. While you wait, while I wait, keep persevering. Keep trusting God. He knows. Maybe you're waiting for God on something. Maybe you're waiting on God because you're going through this testing time in your life. But just keep trusting that His timing is best. His timing is perfect. His timing. We go through times of testing. Sometimes God is, always knows the best timing. But I want us to also look at this morning God's blessing. God's blessing. Since His timing is perfect, since His timing is perfect, when we get through that time of testing, I'm thankful that God allows us to see his blessing. Because, because Abraham obeyed God, he received the blessing of God. It tells us that in verse 18 that we read, All nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Because you have obeyed me. We're receiving blessing upon blessing today because of Abraham obeyed. Obedience equals blessing. And you may be saying today, well, Pastor Todd, I obey God. I trust God. I go through these times of testing and it just feels like I, I don't experience God's blessing all the time. I think one of the reasons, and perhaps one of the reasons is this, and I, I think that way sometimes too. It's because we associate blessing many times with possessions. We associate blessings with riches or with money or with things. But God blesses in so many different ways, in so many ways other than just materially or, or with, with financially. David said in 1 Samuel 26.23, said, The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and faithfulness. We do receive some kind of reward for our righteousness and faithfulness. But the blessing of God may be different than what we think. The blessing of God. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, we, we looked at this passage some, uh, a couple months ago, in fact, but I want to remind you today that we receive 
spiritual blessings, one blessing after another. It may not be a material blessing that we receive from our obedience. It may be a spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1.3, Paul said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That means there's, we can receive the blessing of God's love. We can receive the blessing of God's grace, the blessing of His mercy, the blessing of His peace, His patience, day after day after day. When we go through times of testing and trial, God pours out His blessing to us. And I'm so thankful for that today. Abraham knew that God was going to provide in some way. God was going to bless in some way. He just kept walking. He just kept listening. He just kept waiting. He just kept going step by step until finally God blessed him. Amen. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Put your faith in Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the one that is certain. He's the author and and perfecter of our faith. And because of that faith that Abraham had, it had an impact on the faith of others for generations to come. Parents, grandparents, what's your story? What's your story of how God's provided for you? Tell that story. When you have the opportunities, tell that story to your family. They need to hear that. They need to hear how God's provided for you. You don't have to go into all the messy details of everything, uh, every little detail, but more importantly, tell how God took you through that got you through that, how he helped you persevere. I'm sure, I'm sure that Isaac probably sat around and told the story time after time to his sons, his daughter. Their sons, their daughters knew it. And I'm so thankful that we have the Bible today to hear about Abraham's faith. Maybe God is asking you this morning, as you look at your life, as you look at this new year, maybe He's asking you to give up something, to surrender something in your life. What is your Isaac today? I was reading a one commentator to wrap this up. Reading a commentator that was writing about the whole sacrifice and, and why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son when that's totally against God's nature uh, to do that. But, but God knew what was going to happen. God was looking for Abraham to be faithful. God wanted Abraham to surrender Isaac in his heart. What's in your life? What's in your heart? What, what do you need to place on the altar today to surrender to God 
in a way to sacrifice that up to the Lord for Him to do a greater work in your life this year. Are you willing to obey and to surrender to God no matter what? No matter what He asks you to do. Do you really believe that God will provide for everything that you need? Do you believe that? If so, share that with others. Do you have a testimony that you can share with others about God's provision? How has your faith grown stronger this past year? How's your faith grown stronger this past year? And lastly, maybe you feel like you're in that time of testing right now. You feel like God's really been allowing me to go through some times of testing. Keep persevering. Are you willing to keep going? Are you willing to be like Abraham? Keep walking. Keep going in the direction that God wants you to go, even when you don't understand it. When you don't understand why things happen the way they do. Our God is an all-sufficient God. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He will provide. David said it well. I believe it's a great translation in the New Living Translation. Psalm 23.1 The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need.